98K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, a local MPC deputy says a change to the wording of Beijing's national security law is likely aimed at anybody who might help foreign agents interfere in Hong Kong affairs. The chairman of the Association of the Heads of Secondary Schools doubts principals will need police assistance if pupils disrespect the national anthem and legislators slam the MTR for delaying a new signalling system that could increase passenger capacity by 10%. A local MPC deputy says an unexpected change of wording in the national security law is reasonable and likely aimed at people who help foreign agents interfere in Hong Kong affairs. The draft legislation previously outlawed foreign interference, but now targets colluding with foreign forces. Executive Councillor Ip Kwok Hin says people might break the law if they take action to harm Hong Kong and China's interests, such as demanding sanctions. He noted that executive and legislative councillors often interact with foreign dignitaries and visit other countries, but they might only violate the law if they have ulterior motives to harm Hong Kong. The convener of the pro-democracy lawmakers, Tanya Chan, says Hong Kong risks being marginalised on the international scene if people get scared of having exchanges with foreign countries or people because they might break the law. This kind of legislation will create white terror and may intervene in the normal or usual or even consistent communication between parliaments as well as government officials. Under the common law system, it's already very difficult to prove mens rea. But now, since we don't have any content of that legislation, and especially it may become very rule by law, that means it will be controlled by someone who really wants to penalize somebody. So this becomes a threat as well as a weapon. A secondary principal says he doesn't think schools need to call in police to deal with students who violate the new national anthem law. The law bans disrespecting the anthem and yesterday, in guidelines to schools, the Education Bureau said the anthem should be played at ceremonies marking special occasions, such as the July 1st handover and National Day. Teddy Tang, chairman of the Association of the Heads of Secondary Schools, says most schools already do this. He says schools will teach students about the new law and the anthem, and they're more than capable in dealing with violators. I think most students in Hong Kong schools, they are cooperative and willing to follow school instructions. In the past 12 months, the teaching profession has gained lots of experience and mastered the necessary skills in handling various types of crises and dealing with students with different special needs. So I'm confident principals and teachers are able to handle all sorts of challenges and I don't think calling police is an option. Lawmakers have lashed out at the MTR Corporation for delaying a new signalling system that could increase railway capacity by 10%. It was supposed to launch on the Chunwan line last year, but was postponed to 2023 after a train crash during a drill. Its introduction on other lines will be delayed by up to five years, with Chunkorno line now expected to use the system in 2026. Speaking through an interpreter, Operations Director Tony Lee told lawmakers the MTRC was upgrading the system as quickly as it could. This is complicated and the upgrading program cannot be rushed. We have to ensure that the new system is reliable and safe. So for the whole program, we have to make big changes to it. Now we are working into directions first. According to the investigation panel's report, we are making improvements. Financial Secretary Paul Chan has brushed aside concerns the government will use more money to bail out other airlines after it spent nearly $40 billion on Cathay Pacific. There are reports that struggling Hong Kong Airlines also wants government aid. 
But Mr Chan told lawmakers the two firms are not comparable. He noted that Cathay was fine in terms of its operations and finances before the pandemic, but Hong Kong Airlines was already in financial trouble before the virus hit. The secretary also said Cathay had a major market share in the aviation industry, which he stressed is a systemically key sector. Mr Chan also rejected the idea that the government had bypassed LegCo with the investment in Cathay, saying his use of the land fund for investment had previously been authorised by the council. Council front lawmaker Chu Hoi Dick, however, noted the fund was set up by the provisional LegCo in 1997 and it's the only one of eight government funds from which the financial secretary can make large investments without LegCo approval. And Mr Chan is the first minister to use money from the land fund since the handover. The Secretary of the Civil Service, Patrick Nip, has brushed off worries that a pay freeze for the civil service will hurt morale. He was responding to lawmakers' concerns at a LegCo panel meeting about the decision to freeze wages for a year, even after the Pay Trend Survey Committee suggested rises of between 1.15 to 1.98%. Speaking through an interpreter, Mr Nip said the government recognised the hard work of staff, but morale wasn't just about money. The other aspects include review within the overall structure and we are looking at how these changes can be made and including improving the work environment so that the work is more smooth uh, and thirdly of course we recognize the performance of the staff a cleaner has been ordered to serve 160 hours of community service for obstructing a police officer at work during a protest in Shamsharipo in August. Ho Eng Leng was found guilty after he blocked a policeman from checking the identity of a youngster. Pleading for leniency, his lawyer told the court his client had been detained for more than 10 days. The Kowloon City Court magistrate pointed out that community service was similar to a jail term and not a lenient punishment. President Trump has said in a tweet that a complete decoupling of the deeply entwined Chinese and U.S. economies remains a policy option, a day after his trade representative appeared to rule out such a move. On Wednesday, Robert Lighthizer, who's been at the forefront of trade negotiations with Beijing, told Congress he didn't see a decoupling of the two economies as a reasonable option. Reports in the Indian media say China has released 10 Indian soldiers. It comes days after a brutal clash that resulted in the killing of 20 Indian soldiers in the Himalayan region. Here's the BBC's Anbarasan Etirajan. According to the reports, 10 Indian soldiers were released by the Chinese side following two days of negotiations between senior commanders in the Ladakh region. Earlier, the Indian army said no soldiers had gone missing in action. Now that it's clear that frontline Indian troops were captured, the Indian government and the army will be under pressure to explain what went wrong on Monday night. China says Indian soldiers trespassed into its territory, triggering the clash. Indian officials said its soldiers were attacked with stones and clubs studded with nails. Australia's Prime Minister Scott Morrison says a sophisticated state-based actor has been attempting to hack a wide range of organisations for months and had recently stepped up efforts. Speaking at a media briefing in Canberra, he said the attack targeted all levels of government, political organisations, essential service providers and operators of other critical infrastructure. We know it is a sophisticated state-based cyber actor because of the scale and nature of the targeting and the tradecraft used. 
A New Zealand police officer has died and another seriously injured in Auckland and a suspect is on the run. Police say they were carrying out a routine traffic stop when a person began firing at them before driving away. They said the suspect's vehicle hit a bystander who was injured. Schools in the area have been put into lockdown and police have set up road cordons. President Trump has castigated his former national security adviser John Bolton, who's written memoirs with explosive accusations levelled at the president. Mr Trump tweeted that the book was a compilation of lies and made-up stories designed to make him look bad. He accused Mr Bolton of trying to get even for, in his words, firing him like the sick puppy he is. The Democratic leader of the House, Nancy Pelosi, says the dispute reflects poorly on both men. President Trump is clearly ethically unfit and intellectually unprepared to be the president of the United States. That doesn't seem to matter to the Republicans in the United States Senate. Uh, it didn't seem to matter to John Bolton. He chose royalty over patriotism. And so he's going to make money off of his book, I guess. The White House has started legal action to stop the book's publication. A major analysis shows South Asian people in Great Britain are the most likely to die from the coronavirus after being admitted to hospital. The study shows high levels of diabetes are partly to blame. Here's the BBC's James Gallagher. This is a huge and influential study across 260 hospitals in England, Wales and Scotland. It shows people from South Asian backgrounds were 20% more likely to die after being admitted than white people. Other minority ethnic groups did not have a higher death rate. South Asian patients were, on average, a massive 12 years younger than white patients. They also had significantly higher levels of diabetes, which the researchers say explains some of the increased risk. An art theft investigator in the Netherlands says he has photos proving thieves who stole a Van Gogh painting in March haven't destroyed it. The 1884 work Spring Garden went missing during a break-in at a museum near Amsterdam. Here's the BBC's Anna Holligan. The first photo shows the missing masterpiece lying on a black plastic sheet next to a copy of the New York Times newspaper dated the 30th of May 2020. The second features a distinctive plaque on the back of the painting which suggests it's authentic. Arthur Brand, who's a specialist in recovering lost and stolen art, said the pictures had been circulating in mafia circles. Thieves often end up destroying valuable paintings because of the hassle involved in reselling them. These photos appear to represent the first proof that the missing Van Gogh painting still exists. To business news, JD.com says its annual 618 online shopping extravaganza racked up more than 269 billion yuan worth of transactions, 33% more than last year. The shopping event from June the 1st to June the 18th was first conceived by the company to rival Alibaba's November 11th Singles Day Festival. It's being closely watched as a barometer of consumer spending amid the pandemic. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,441. That's 21 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $59 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 106.89 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 12 cents. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 63 cents. And now with the sports news, here's Adam Jung. The president of the International Paralympic Committee says they're urging organizers of the U.S. Open to reconsider their decision to exclude wheelchair events from this year's championships. 
Andrew Parsons say they appreciate that the COVID-19 pandemic has thrown up multiple challenges for sports events organizers all over the world. But such challenges should not be used as an excuse to discriminate against a group of players and take away inclusive competition for all. The International Tennis Federation responded with a letter saying it understands and shares the disappointment felt by many and will try to resolve the matter. The world's top wheelchair player, Dylan Alcott, gave his reaction to ABC News in Australia. You know, I've been trying to break down glass ceilings my whole life to make a better world for other people like me, especially young people. What about a young kid with a disability when they go to their parent, hey, I loved watching Rafa, but why isn't Dylan Alcott or one of the other players playing? Oh, it's because they didn't want to put wheelchairs. Or why? You know, whatever reason. They're not financial, reliable. And, and I, you know, this year I played my Australian Open final, had a million TV viewers, peaked at a million people in Australia. It was 10,000 people bought tickets to come watch. So you can't tell me people don't want to watch. And now I'm sad. It makes me sad. Major League Baseball's money fight continues after the players' proposal of a 70-game regular season was rejected by Commissioner Rob Manfred. Time is running out for the two sides to agree a deal that would allow them to play a shortened season delayed by the coronavirus. Our U.S. sports commentator Ray Jovanovich believes they should just let the season go. Baseball players are the second highest paid employees in America at $4.4 million per year. That works out to $35 million Hong Kong dollars. It's a lot of money. Even 18-time All-Star and Hall of Famer Rod Carew of the Minnesota Twins agrees with us. Why bother with a 60-game season with no fans in the stands? As you just mentioned yesterday, the owners made their fifth offer proposing a 60-game season, full pro rata pay. The players quickly counter with 70 games. The owners are livid. Again, junk the season. To football now, Real Madrid have cut the gap on leaders Barcelona back to two points in the race for the Spanish league title. Karim Benzema scored twice in Real Madrid's 3-0 win over Valencia. Alaves moved 10 points clear of the bottom three after beating Real Sociedad 2-0. Sociedad missed the chance to climb back into the top four. And the Brazilian city of Rio de Janeiro hosted a local derby between Flamengo and Bangu, marking the first professional football match in South America in three months. The contest took place without fans at the iconic Maracanã Stadium. It finished 3-0 for Flamengo. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam. To end the news, the top stories once again. A local MPC deputy says a change to the wording of Beijing's national security law is likely aimed at anybody who might help foreign agents interfere in Hong Kong affairs. The chairman of the Association of the Heads of Secondary Schools doubts principals will need police assistance if pupils disrespect the national anthem and legislators slam the MTR for delaying a new signalling system that could increase passenger capacity by 10%. The news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, this Friday afternoon. Yes, guys, it's Friday. Many thanks to Phil for the morning brew. And uh, my name is Noreen Mir, and I'm going to be right here with you until 3 o'clock this afternoon. We're starting today's uh, 123 show by hearing about a virtual drama, radio drama festival, and it's called Hear This. And it's organized by Tanya Kamston, and she's a lecturer from, sorry, she's a lecturer from the Academy Unit of Teachers Education and Learning Leadership at the University of Hong Kong. And Tanya will be joining us uh, to talk about uh, why she's so passionate about uh, drama and why it's such an important uh, school subject that is often uh, neglected. Um, that's going to be at half past one. And after two o'clock, uh, time for the Agenda Cafe. And this week, Karen Co and myself will be looking ahead at Father's Day and we'll be talking about paternal bonds as well as the influence of fathers in our society um, and we'll be chatting to Dr. Brent Horner who's a psychologist and a counsellor who works with adults, couples and teenagers. Um, as usual we want to hear from you as well if you have any uh, thoughts or comments on, on uh, our topic on the Agenda Cafe which is talking about uh, paternal issues feel free to drop us an email our email address is 123show at rta hk.hk that's 123 show at rthk.hk you can also find us on facebook that's noreen mir on rthk radio 3 